Welcome, James Bilby from the FWD. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you, Katie. Thank you very much. Um, if you could just explain for anyone watching who doesn't know who James Bilby is or who the FWD are, that would be really helpful. Well, I assume that's everybody watching. Nobody knows who we are or what we do, quite rightly. But for those of you who don't know, which is virtually everyone, uh, so my name is James Bilby and I'm the Chief Exec of the Federation of Wholesale Distributors. We represent the supply chain into retailers and caterers. So food and drink, which is being sold in retail and sold in the food service industry, will come via one of our members. So there's some very big guys like Breaks, Bid Food, Booker, Best Way, mostly uh, all beginning with B, just by coincidence. And then a lot of smaller members as well, who are typically part of a buying group. It's about seven or eight different buying groups in the UK. Unitas is the biggest. Um, and we have a, a range of different operations. So some wholesalers do food service and retail. Some do purely retail, not many. Uh, and some do uh, food service only. The majority probably do food service only. It's about 600 wholesalers that we represent in total. Okay, thank you very much. So bearing in mind that I'm asking you on behalf of FWD, but also what you saw from your members, what was the initial and immediate impact of the coronavirus situation when it all first burst onto the scene? Yeah, it's interesting because, as you know, it's all it's been done in stages. So the reaction has been based on what guidance has come out from government. And initially, as you will remember, it seems like three or four years ago, it's probably only like two or three weeks ago, the government advised businesses uh, in the hospitality sector that they should look at, think about not opening. And some businesses did, others didn't. And that didn't necessarily land in the way that the government wanted it to. So then, as you will recall, they said, right, from this, from tonight, basically, we are shutting down totally. Uh, and that had an Im immediate and major impact on the food service industry. So, if you've got a business which supplies into pubs, restaurants, leisure, uh, but also NHS, schools, um, care homes, etc., 70% of your turnover overnight disappeared. And the impact of that can, you know, is really, really stark. So you're relying on that income to pay for the public sector contracts that you that you offer. Schools then close, which obviously cause problems as well. So there was an immediate impact overnight, which meant that businesses effectively were saying, right, we've got a problem here. We've got uh, stock which we've placed in on the market, which we haven't been paid for. We've got stock that we can't get rid of because there's no one to sell it to. And we owe our suppliers money. That was on the food service side. Interestingly, on the retail side, it was an, it, the problem was slightly different mm -hmm. in that sales went through the roof. Total flips, yeah. And being able to service that was really difficult because there was all this narrative around panic buying, people going to the supermarkets. You know, we all saw the pictures of the queues, pushing old ladies out of the way to get a tin of beans. You know, it was awful. Yeah. But the convenience sector obviously saw sales going up, which was great. But being able to supply that was a challenge because there was a scarcity of product in the marketplace because the supermarkets had effectively had Christmas for mm -hmm. two weeks, but they hadn't planned for Christmas. So there were problems all over the place. I mean, the food service market were, was the worst, worst affected, but the retail market had problems of its own in that they couldn't meet the demand, which had gone up hugely. That was, I mean, that was probably what, sort of end of March around yeah. then? I don't know where we are now, sort of mid-April, late April. Yeah, end of March. Yeah, mid to end of March. Um, and, and okay, so so what what was the effect on the FWD? What was the what was the kickback 
to you guys and what you then had to do and how you had to change how how you operated and what you were focusing on? Well, the, I mean, the initial thing, which is no different to everyone else, was started working from home. You know, so effectively three or four weeks ago, everyone was locked down in their own homes, which doesn't make a huge amount of difference, really, because a lot of the stuff we do is desk based. Obviously, all meetings cancelled, you know, video meetings are the new norm. Uh, be interesting to see what happens when we actually sort of restart again, whether that will be something that will happen, you know, across the board. Probably will. I think there'll be I'm less. Sure there will be certain meetings that, yeah. that, that go over to video I, I've already sort of looked through my diary at months gone past and thought that could have been done on zoom that could have been done on zoom and if it means that we all travel a little bit less and and you know that's that's better for the environment it's better for our mental state it gives us more time back in the day you know I think that face-to-face -face meetings are going to still be very important but there'll be the yeah. odd one that yeah. doesn't need to be but I suppose it's different different uh sort of circumstances now because it's been forced and everyone's here you know looking after their kids you know yeah. ushering cats off their lap who've jumped up in the middle of a call so i think yeah. you know people will do Absolutely. it in a different way people won't be wearing hoodies and ridiculous beards and like you know they'll be a little <laughs> smarter a little professional maybe but you know anything goes at the moment doesn't really matter yeah. so initially what happened to us was that we had to uh, represent our members and say to government, so specifically DEFRA, which is the sponsor department for wholesale and food, to say this is a major problem for us. You know, we have a major issue in that businesses are going to really struggle to fulfil public sector contracts. They are providing a real important route for food and drink into care homes, into NHS, into public sector. That's going to be made doubly difficult by the fact that the commercial volumes have just disappeared overnight and so initially we were working with government to find out what the what was happening on coronavirus and then reporting that back so things like the uh, you know the furlough scheme the loans which are made available the local authority grants for rate relief and sort of pushing information back but then the other side of the process was getting all these questions from people we had a whatsapp group which has been uh, really popular and you know we've got hundreds of members on there asking questions saying what about this what about that we were then going back finding the answers and pushing it back so it played a really important sort of conduit role really in providing information and there was a lot of unanswered questions there still are but things have settled down a little bit now because a lot of the schemes are in train we're waiting to see how they land mm -hmm. um, so it made it made our role a bit different to usual we do a lot of that stuff anyway but mm -hmm. we were much more of a sort of information portal so we were pushing questions and challenges that our members had to government. We also facilitated some direct contact with government, which was great. Uh, but we were also finding out what was happening and, and reporting that back. So I think that was beneficial for us. It was useful to be able to provide that service. And there was a lot of things yeah. to answer, a lot of unanswered questions. Mm -hmm. In the early days of coronavirus, which is only like four weeks ago, seems like 1986, yeah. you know, the role that we played. But since then things have sort of changed slightly because a lot of that initial sort of volume of information and panic has gone away and it's sort yeah. of settled into a new rhythm now. Mm -hmm. Okay and so that's where we are now. What does the future look like? I mean do, has has this the coronavirus fundamentally changed what the FWD will do on a day-to-day -day basis no. um, or do you think flip back to how it was? No, I don't think it will change what we do. We'll still do a, a, an extremely half-hearted job very badly. That's never going to change. Can't, you know, leopard doesn't change its spots. But what I think it will do is that, it, I suppose, you know, we, we've offered some value. That's great. But that's, that, that's sort of less important, really, in, in, rather than what's going to happen to the members and what's the new normal going to look like. 
And so when we've been talking to government, we've been saying, you know, what's happening about the support that's available whilst we can't trade. So things like furlough, things like the loans, those conversations are ongoing, but we're almost in the middle eight now where we're coming through and we're going into the end of the song, if you like, to think, OK, what what's it going to look like the other side? How are we going to reopen again? And that that's where the challenges will really come in, I think, because if businesses are furloughed, they're getting money back from the government for staff that are not working. Yeah. They get help from, you know, through through uh, underwritten loans and stuff. But when businesses are able to reopen, what's going to happen? That's going to be really difficult. So if you've got a cafe, a pub, a restaurant, they've got no cash. They haven't they haven't got any trading history for the last month, two months. They're not going to be able to restock. So uh, wholesalers can't get access to stock because they don't have the cash themselves because they have the income coming in. Credit insurance has totally disappeared. That's the biggest ticking time bomb, pretty dull and dry subject, but a huge challenge in terms of the ability to be able to underwrite this risk. There's going to be a lot of risk. So we've seen casualties and we will see casualties of the close down. I think we'll see even more casualties when it reopens. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the biggest challenge, I think. And how, what that looks like, nobody really knows. They don't know when it's coming. They don't know whether it's going to be staggered. Is it going to be regional? Is it going to be demographic? Is it going to be sectoral? So you can essentially say you've got a uh, a sandwich shop in an urban area in the city near offices you can open up after two weeks maybe rather than that day because you know to allow people to to get their cash back I don't know that's the biggest challenge I think so what the future looks like nobody really knows I know we talked about office life and the way that we'll all work but I think for the sectors that we supply our members supply mm-hmm. really don't know and somebody said which I, I'm not sure if this is true but they said it's a bit like the film The Sixth Sense it took you know, Bruce Willis, the whole film to realise he's actually dead the whole time. And so we'll never open because, you know, they, they essentially they were told to shut down. That'll be it for them. Yeah. And that's true. That's volume that has to be got back from somewhere. Yeah. So we're going to see an inevitable shrinking in the economy. Yeah. But food is often recession proof. But I think the types of businesses which are going to go to the wall are those which aren't recession proof. Mm-hmm. So hospitality sector, the food service sector is going to be a real challenge. And do you think that convenience as a sector will uh, will you know has an opportunity here to to I mean obviously lots more people are shopping locally you know are people going to slip back into the habits of shopping at supermarkets do you think or do you think that convenience might actually profit from this situation in the long run? Um, well, my Nostradamus hat unfortunately is in the wash at the moment, but um, I don't know. I think people are doing more online, aren't they? Since since this has started, people started to shop more online. Do they think we don't need to go to the bricks and mortar mortar supermarkets? So that would typically affect the out of town big superstores. That model's been changing anyway in recent years. It probably accelerate that change. Is that then an opportunity for the convenience small and local? Probably is. The people are staying in their area more. It's almost like an EF Schumacher style small is beautiful uh, mm-hmm. resettlement. So people are staying in their local area shopping you know they're used to being in that area does that mean they're going to shop locally more probably does so i think for convenience there is a great opportunity what we have seen within this whole sort of uh you know um this whole period is that convenience the supply into convenience hasn't been as good as it could have been so you know there's obviously a scarcity of product because there's fewer people at work there's less people in the factories so there's less products being produced ranges are being rationalized price mark packs have disappeared so so convenience is doing a good job despite the support it's getting from its supplier base 
some suppliers absolutely fantastic others you know less so and they're prioritizing other areas quite rightly they're making hard-headed business decisions mm. so i think that those convenience stores that are able to sort of ride that wave will do really well because mm. they've offered a really valuable service at a time of need it's mm. not just about people like ourselves who are able to go to the shops it's all those people who are vulnerable the elderly those who can't go out those who are embedded in the community and those convenience stores really do play that role in a way that supermarkets can't because it's not not they're not set up to do that so mm -hmm. i think that will that will be recognized and that will be valued excellent james bilby from the fwd thank you so much for joining me on my vlog and i um, really appreciate you taking the time and i look forward to getting out um, and seeing you when all of this is over and uh, maybe another festival or something eh maybe thank you very much katie lovely thank thanks you. james Bye. Bye.